So here we are. Welcome. Hello, everyone. You're back to the Kahal podcast. This is brought to you by the Kahal Indigenous e-commerce team. We provide e-commerce education for Indigenous by Indigenous. If you've been enjoying our episodes, please hit the bell on our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Insta, and check us out on Spotify. But for today, let's have a yarn and hear from our guest, an amazing Aboriginal woman, Sharon Windsor. Kia ora and hello, Sharon. Nā mihi. Thank you for joining us today on the Kahal Indigenous E-Commerce Podcast. Can you please tell the viewers a little bit about yourself and where you're joining us from today? Thank you. Firstly, I'd like to say Yamagara Meingu Tuni Kanarapa. Hello, welcome. I come from where the sun sets in the West, Namba Nation. I come from the Wailwan speaking people of the Namba Nation. I'm based on Wiradjuri country in New Central West New South Wales. Um, I'd like to, to pay respects to traditional lands that we are on, our elders past, present, and our ancestors that walk among us and, and guide us. Um, so I'm the, the founder and CEO of Indigi Earth and um, proudly based here in Mudgee. Beautiful. Thanks, Sharon. Whereabouts is Mudgee for those of us that aren't in Australia? Um, what part of the world is that in Australia? So we are three hours uh, west of Sydney over the Blue Mountains, just a little bit further sort of inland. Um, beautiful kind of wine country here in the Central West and um, lots of mountains. It's pretty cold at the moment. <laughs> um, lots of snow um, surrounding Mudgee. So yeah, not too far from Sydney, beautiful part of the world. Yeah, lovely spot, especially the Blue Mountains. For those of us that haven't been there, get there, I can assure you. Um, look, Sharon up. I'm sure she'll be more than hospitable. Hey, Sharon, yeah. thanks for the introduction. I'm Cheeky, I know. Our podcast goes global. We help to empower the lives of 10 million Indigenous people through various different uh, platforms. We're doing that here in Australia by using e-commerce to empower individuals. What started you on your business um, in Digi Earth? Was there another business before that, Sharon, or was it straight into Digi Earth yourself? No, so I started business 26 years ago um, in Western Sydney. And 26 years ago, we were doing traditional dance. We had a traditional dance group and I was doing, I wanted to start a native food catering company and there was very few Aboriginal business around. There was very few, there was no one else doing native food catering. And that come from my childhood and growing up in the bush and relying on our culture basically to survive. And so growing up out in the bush, and it was, it was, you know, our fun time going out collecting bush fruits and being being poor was never talked about it was just part of life and we just embraced country and survived off the land and I'm very proud to say that I come from an Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal family and I've learned a lot from both sides of my family and my dad was very he's um he was a white Australian man and so he was very supportive of us learning our culture and um our Aboriginality as well. So when I started business, 
and wanting to share that knowledge and my love and passion for um, growing up in the bush. Not many people had heard about native foods or the extent of native foods. And so people thought that, you know, by me doing bush tucker catering, it was very limited. They thought it was just going to be a witchetty grub or I was going to drag a donor out of the back of the car or, you know, it was very limited limited knowledge. So there was lots of education that had to be done. And when I started, there was no Aboriginal, I couldn't find any products to use in my catering that was Aboriginal owned either. So that started me on the journey of, and it took 15 years to develop my retail line. And that was because I wanted to really connect with lots of other communities and growers and make sure that my products were Aboriginal from start to finish. Also just really wanted to put out a premium brand, still continued performing. We went, you know, international performing. We've done some amazing things in Sydney with traditional dance and catering. Um, but trauma, uh, I'd sort of endured a fair bit of trauma in my life, my first son, he was stillborn, and his his name is Nakiri, which means to give in our language. I hit I hit depression quite hard, um, and I I pulled back from business for a while. And when I picked it up again, I actually realised that I was starting to feel better, but it wasn't the fact of doing commercial business. It was my connection to my culture through business that started my healing process. And so it was embracing my culture and my spirituality more that started my healing process. Um, 10 years down the track, I had another two children who are now 23 and 21. Um, Kirala means star in our language and Malian means wedgetail eagle in our language. Um, I had then endured um, domestic violence and I almost died from domestic violence in Sydney. And so I hit, I hit rock bottom pretty badly, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, all of those things. And I couldn't find any, any happiness. I couldn't find any any kind of peace anymore. So I realized I, I, I figured out that I had to get, I had to leave Sydney and I had to get back to country. I had to get back to those memories of my childhood that were my happy times on country. So that's when I, I packed up and I moved to Mudgee and I rebranded the business to Earth and I launched my retail line and it's been, it's been quite a journey. It's, a, it's been a bit of a long journey. But again, the native foods is my connection to, to language, to spirituality, to identity, to our storylines, to Mother Earth um, and to our creator, Biami, that will forever be my healing. So it's more than just business for me. Um, and I love being able to share culture and knowledge through food. I love it, Sharon. 
thank you for sharing that, eh? and thank you for for sharing your past. And you know, like that's not always easy for people to talk about what's uh, fueled them or what adversity that they've overcome to get themselves into this position. Yeah, so beautiful. Thank you. That's okay. Yeah, I realised that I probably only started being able to talk about it probably two years ago. And so, you know, I've realised it is important to help share that for other women. It is important. As well. You did, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because there's other people and other ladies and other and men as well, I guess, that have been yeah. through very similar circumstances and very, you know, a very similar upbringing and have gone through and walked those steps as well. And I fully believe that if we can give one voice um, to anything that can help others, I'm all for that stuff. And I've had a very similar upbringing on my journey through to here. Um, so yeah, all respect to Sharon and thank you for sharing those details. Sure. I've got a question for you. What I love about it, so beautiful how you bring your representation of your mob into you, how you've talked about establishing your business and being an Indigenous entrepreneur. What I want to know from your own words is this phrase, Indigenous entrepreneurship, what does it mean to you? Does it have any connotations? Does it have any meaning to you? I actually don't 100% like the word entrepreneur um, because we as First Nations people, I think we're all leaders and we're all, you know, we've all been through challenges. We're still here pushing on in a different way. Our ancestors fought for us. And so we're still, we're still, even though we're in business and we're doing things, we're still always fighting for that bigger purpose. And it's for our future and our generation, future generations. It's for our kids. It's for our culture. So even though I'm, you know, doing business with native foods, I, you know, I don't own the knowledge that I have of native foods. It belongs to everyone. And so I actually don't like the word entrepreneur. Um, you know, people ask me things like, you know, how do I measure success or what does it feel like to be successful and for me or what the biggest thing is for of success for me and it's not the fact of winning awards and and, and the recognition is great but my biggest success is that I'm actually still here and that I fought so many challenges and so many barriers that I'm still here so that's my biggest achievement. Love it. And you're right too. Um, sometimes that was banded around a bit too much. And it is about your journey to get to your we are at this place in time because those experiences they shape you. And and you know what resonated with me about what you just said is your return back to your culture was you were able to heal yourself. And I truly believe that being a Maori man myself, when my dad is Irish, so I had this split culture and I, I feel that. And I've lived in here in Australia for 20 something years and I feel the healing in me as an Indigenous man when I am back at home and I'm immersed in my culture and I'm able to breathe that and experience that and bring myself back to those, like you said, wonderful childhood memories that brought up so much joy, you know, it's such an innocent piece of your life that I lived in a very similar circumstances, we had nothing, we were right on the poverty line, we got all our food off the land to survive, there was no grocery store where I came from so the way you're explaining that really resonates with me and it's something that I can share in my own journey as well so thank you yeah. uh, in DigiEarth what is for others that may not know uh, what does your business do or what products or services are you selling on there 
So we, I produce a range of, of retail products. Um, so there's, we have chocolate coated macadamias with native flavors in the chocolate. Uh, I do native fruit jams and chutneys, um, lots of different cooking ingredients, native teas. We do a wattle seed infused coffee, a lemon myrtle infused coffee, and I do a range of botanical products like candles with essential oils um, and diffusers, or home fragrancing products with essential oils. So it's all those things that that actually connect right back to country, but it's in a and it's in a way that people can enjoy. You know, sixty thousand years of our culture. In products at home every day yeah that's it oldest yeah. living culture on the face of the earth i love it it's um and you're right though that knowledge that you've been provided with that you were given to by your ancestors is, is a powerful thing and it's great that you're able to bring that into the modern world and utilize the properties that those that you you know the the things that you're creating the bush food the tucker that comes off the land it's not just witchy grubs. There is a lot of really good stuff out there. I know I've got a lot of it in my house that we use. Um, and myrtle seems to be a favorite in our, and yeah. myrtle seems to be a favorite in our house. So yeah, it's wonderful. And yeah, it's really good how you've diversified your products as well. What is your core motivation, do you think, in starting your business, Sharon? What was that? What, what fueled you to go through to that piece of it? To, did you? Uh, there was a number of things. Um... I think one of the biggest things was just what it does for me in those childhood memories of collecting bush fruits and, you know, nobody had heard of those bush fruits that, you know, I had grown up with and thought it was just part of everyday life. So, you know, that and sharing culture and knowledge and performing. And now it's more, you know, I also have a cafe restaurant and do high-end dining experiences with native foods and immerse. It's a four-hour cultural immersion into food and um, culture. And so we, you know, my son plays the yiddiki and we sing songs in language. We have people around the fire. So that, it's all about, I still, I still have that fire in the belly of doing that. And I love doing it. And people... You know, I do lots of guest speaking and help share that knowledge. And the one thing that, you know, I always say is that I can help teach people, you know, business things and whatever, but what I can't teach is that fire in the belly. But if you have that fire in the belly for something, then you can achieve anything. And I've had to find ways to navigate, different ways to, to navigate through challenges but that fire in the belly has never let me down and my culture's never let me down either. Oh, beautiful. And you're right. If it's there, similar to us, if you've got that fire and that passion to learn, you want to learn e-commerce, we'll show you to do that for free for sure. There's a lot of people yeah. out there that will definitely help you out. Eh? I guess for yeah. those in the audience that are still wondering how they can find your products, where, where to find it, are you able to share... Um, your website, your media channel details with us now. We'll also advertise that when we go to um, air with your podcast as well, Sharon. But where can we look up your restaurant? Where can we look up your website? Uh, what other products and services do you have that you can help us to promote, that we can help you to promote as well while we're here? Yeah, so it, um, our website is indigieearth.com.au. 
Um, on, that, on the website, you'll find information about the cafe. Um, the cafe is called Warakiri by Indigia. And so Warakiri in our language means to grow. And in context of what we're doing, it means um, to grow in culture and spirit with us. So um, you can find information there. We're just about to update our website as well with all of our retail stockists. Um, we're in, we've recently launched into Woolworths and we're in 160 Woolworth stores in New South Wales, oh but we're about to end into other states. And so we're the first ever Aboriginal owned native food brand in Woolworths. And so the reception has been really good. And so we hope to continue to grow that. We, Congratulations, my Sharon. Congratulations. It's no mean feat, I tell you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Been, it's been a challenge, but we got there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so our Warakiri dining experience, which is separate to the cafe, is you know a four-hour, five-course degustation-style dining experience. I come out in between each course and talk about those native ingredients, where they come from, what they were used for traditionally, medicinally, how you can use it. Now, um, we, we bring lots of culture into the dining experience as well. There's native cocktails, native mocktails. At the end of the night, we share stories in the stars and finish up with a traditional farewell song, dance. Um, we do that in Mudgee, but we're also just done a collaboration with the Calyx at the Botanical Gardens in Sydney. Yeah. So we'll be taking the dining experience to Sydney uh, once a month and be offering that high-end dining experience in, in Sydney as well. Well, I love it. If um, I was in New South Wales, I can assure you I'll be taking access to any of that myself, but I'm going to have to take, take that up because I'm a food guy. I love food. Four hours <laughs> of dining and experiences and culture experience and learning about other people's cultures and learning about what's been put into your food. Like that's what a brilliant idea. That's something I could sit through, I tell you. And I have very little patience to sit through an hour long movie, um, <laughs> but I can definitely sit through that experience. And that's wonderful. And like I said, congratulations on cracking that market. That's, that's not an easy thing to do. Um, and it took a lot of effort and a lot of work, I doubt, uh, no doubt on your behalf. Yeah, well, it was actually, you know, Woolworths that approached us. So they showed the first initiative. And um, so okay. it was just, and they were, you know, willing to, to work with us to help make that happen. So that's the, I guess that's Great. the difference with some of these big companies is, you know, if they're willing to work with you, it makes it a oh, little gee, bit yeah. easier. Yeah, I did read some stuff there that you were also now, you also helped to set up your the I guess the sourcing of the bush bush food so that you can buy those products off those businesses that you've helped to create. Was that was that a correct representation of what you've done for other businesses and other food gatherers? Is that would that be about yeah, right? so, yeah so helping um, our people out community that are doing wild harvesting or you know, we'd been doing things on smaller scale because one of the things that was happening with our people and our communities was being ripped off 
are not being paid appropriately. And so, you know, helping the communities understand what's happening on the commercial side so that they're not getting ripped off. So, you know, just one example, you know, there was um, companies going out to Central Australia and buying bush tomatoes for $10, $15 a kilo, taking them back to the cities and selling them for 280 a kilo and, you know, really misrepresenting our people and our culture. And there still is that, that little bit of a challenge that we're facing now is that there's companies, I guess, misguiding the consumer about whether they are an authentic Aboriginal-owned business. And so it's not about not wanting those people to be in the industry, but be transparent about who you are and don't trick the consumer into thinking that they're purchasing from an authentic Aboriginal yeah. business. I totally, I totally agree because that's your livelihood and that's somebody else's income. I can try to interject there. How can, I guess, the average consumer that doesn't know a lot about this, how can they identify that they're actually buying an authentic Aboriginal Australian Aboriginal product when they're purchasing these things? Is some something that businesses have to do to identify that, that people out here can have a look at Sharon to make sure that they're not getting tricked into the wrong purchase? Yeah, well, there's, um, we're, we're kind of starting to call a few people out on it and just say, you know, hey, it's appropriate to, you know, let people know if you're Aboriginal owned or what you're doing with Aboriginal employment or how you're giving back to Aboriginal communities. So unfortunately, you know, the consumer may need to do a little bit of research, but it's also okay to ask those business, hey, are you Aboriginal owned? You know, what communities do you support or how are you supporting Aboriginal business? Because it's the, some of these businesses that are using our cultural knowledge to sell their product, but not paying any respects or giving back to our people. Yeah. And, you know, that's really misrepresenting, you know, our culture and yeah. being very respectful. It's respectful at the same time as well. I, if I need to put that in there, because I've seen that happening here and I don't agree with that whatsoever as well. So, no, that needs to yeah. stop. And if we can all stop, help that stop by not buying that. Um, those products yeah. and doing what you said and actually having a good look and getting informed ourselves. If there's anything that we can share on that front or if Sharon can find out any information down the track, I'm sure she'll share with us and we'll share with the listeners. I'm all about information and ensuring that, you know, commercialization doesn't take over from the human race and the others that need to, you know, that all the rest of us are partaking in this journey as well. So thanks, Sharon. Yeah. I've noticed you've used e-commerce because you've got a Shopify store attached to your website. Has it been effective for you so far? And have you got any strategies or a common strategy you want to share with anyone if it has? So I think Shopify has been really great for us up until kind of this point. It's been a really good starter for us and been very easy to use. We're actually just in the process of working with another company to develop the website and switch it over to a another platform but it has been absolutely great for us up until now yeah, but it doesn't have enough things for us to I guess make it flow a lot better and yeah. make the information a lot better sure. but yeah yeah that's good that's good. It's good that you've had that knowledge and that sharing. We use Shopify platform as part of our, what we give as education systems, and it is really easy to use. 
and it's really easy to use in your first stages and in your middle stages, you correct. We provide on our education system the knowledge of how to build your own Shopify store, and we build that with our team, with a student um, to ensure that they understand how their system works, and we make sure that that system's optimized and running at 110% always, so that very little effort has to go into it for the indigenous yeah. Mm -hmm. um, business owner and the maximum output comes back to them with very little tweaking so I definitely understand what you're saying there you also Instagram um, the girls have noted here you got over 9,500 followers for a guy that very rarely gets onto anything other than Facebook because I'm ancient uh, Sharon what how can you share how you grew that business on your platform like on that on Instagram can you share how you how that grew oh. did you take off by itself or did you have to put some work into it no I I guess it was more it's just the content that you're putting on there. And like now more and more people are wanting to know about either, you know, culture or food or, you know, sort of both. But people are very into, you know, visual things. So taking like good photos or, and like you can do that on your iPhone these days and whatever else. But I've found, I've actually found face, um, Instagram a lot more effective for business than what Facebook is. And I, I'm pretty confident that it's the audience, the different type of audience that it attracts. And there's more, I feel like there's more business like minded people and creative people on Instagram rather than Facebook channels. Yeah, it's, a, it's an older platform, I think. And it's something that I think a lot of other people that have knowledge of the platform, Insta, TikTok, the platforms that you can really get out to your audiences on because they have a lot of impact. Um, there was a good knowledge to share good photos. You did right. Nothing like looking at it. People do like visual impact. Um, and it's what you see is what you buy. So it's a good tip. Appreciate that. I know you said previously that you don't like to celebrate achievements and awards. Ourselves here at Oceania Indigenous House of E-Commerce, we're the same thing. We don't chase awards. We don't publicize awards it's not something that's um, necessary in general for us to achieve our outcome it's the outcome of us is helping individuals or businesses grow and you know create their own wealth and employ other people so that the future is sustainable for them awards are just a byproduct but you were a multi-award winning entrepreneur where you have been and you've received the CEO Global Award in Australia in 2020 and also the New South Wales Business Leader of the Year where you were the first Aboriginal recipient um, of that award to name a few. It's not about how does that make you feel, it's more how does, how is that, has that helped you in any way, shape or form with your business achieving any of those awards? Yeah, exposure. Um, yeah. It has and connections definitely things like um, CEO Global is is a great platform and I've been sharing that platform a little bit particularly with with women and it is it's women all around the world and I've made some amazing connections with First Nations women in Canada um, US like just all around the world who come together. And it's not about, it's not about money. It's not about any of those things. It's about really supporting each other. And I couldn't believe, I actually couldn't believe what it was to start with. And like there's channels that you can jump on and just go, hey, I'm having an issue with 
intellectual property? Can anyone help me or guide me? And you'll end up with, you know, an IP lawyer somewhere in the world that will just help you at no cost. Or, you know, you can just, and it, and it is, it's people will jump on and go, hey, I don't know about that, but I know someone else who will and I'll connect you up. And it's just a, a very, you know, basic level of, you know, it's not about money or achievements or anything, but really supporting to help grow women in yeah. business yeah. and support each other. Love it, eh? I love that. I love that that's been created so that shared knowledge. We've done something because we've got a global program. So we've got a few students out there from the past four years and they do something very similar where they help support, sell, export, import, create shortcuts, give discounts to, to other students that have been through our program. So I really like that ethos. And this is done through the SHEEO global system. Is that yeah. yeah, beautiful. Yes. Love it. So I guess you're inspiring a lot of Indigenous people watching us right now. Well, I don't guess. I know that because I've seen some of them talk about you, Sharon. You, the work you do is wonderful. Thank you for everything you've done so far. For those of you that missed out on this piece, can you please share with us once again what your website is? It's indigio.com.au. Beautiful. Thanks, Sharon. Just before we wrap up this quarter, all this yarn, this conversation, um, e-commerce... It's been something that we've done as a part of this business. We've graduated a few students in e-commerce last year. If there's anyone listening to this podcast right now, what encouraging words can you tell other Indigenous business owners out there about e-commerce if they're looking to take up their journey and use that as part of their, I don't know, stripping back of the bricks and mortar and getting into e-commerce or just expanding through e-commerce to help their business? Is there anything that you'd like to add um, to that piece of it, Sharon? I think just to, if you, you know, you really want to do something, you're passionate about it, um, e-commerce is that great first step to take and get out there and, and share, you know, your knowledge or your product or culture or whatever it is. And I think it's really important for our mob to really embrace that because, you know, we can still live in this society that we're in but still be very strong in our culture and identity in many different ways and we can still um, share that through e-commerce and once you've done that step then it, it does it builds confidence over time so I get out there and jump straight into it give it a crack love it wise words there um, from Sharon so well Nami Sharon thanks for coming over to the podcast that's thank you and Māori we really appreciate the work that you've done so far in the Indigenous community and that you continue to do. For those of us watching or still listening to us online, hit the thumbs up button for Sharon Windsor. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check Sharon out on her website. Look at us on Facebook, Instagram for Sharon as well. And look for more of our deadly Indigenous awesomeness. Thanks up. Catch you all next time. Nami. Thank you for listening to the Kahau Podcast by Kahau Itaau Program, e-commerce for Indigenous by Indigenous. Support our mission to uplift the lives of 10 million Indigenous people by following us in our social media channels on Instagram and on Facebook at Kahau Itaau Program. Should you wish to learn e-commerce with us, send us an email at kahau at twh.co.nz. See you next time. Matewa.